you know if this was a clickbait article, the article would say Jordan Robinson enjoys water sports. Hello and welcome to Entry Time. Uh, I'm Jordan Robinson. I'm Darren Matthews for the first attempt at recording this. You I know. won't hear this one. You hey. never get to hear this one. It's a roulette game, isn't it? But normally with Zoom, it's normally dead on. It's just when we're here in person, we seem to fuck it up. Well, I seem to fuck it up somehow. Um, so let's just fucking, let's keep this one short in case we, it does end up getting trashed. <laughs> um, so yeah, just jumping into it. Uh, some NFL news, because um, as we said in the last week's podcast, uh, it's definitely a time where a lot of business is happening uh, with regards to like different players signing contract extensions, moving teams, trades and such, uh, especially coming up to the trade deadline or the, sorry, the draft deadline. Um, so the biggest news of the week, uh, it involves the New Orleans Saints and franchise quarterback Drew Brees announces his retirement 15 years to the day where he signed his original one. His original what? Retirement? No, his original. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I knew you were going to do that to me. Uh, So, yeah. um, So after all, uh, what, 20 years of his career? um, 20 20 full seasons. That's incredible. He's 42. So, yeah, New Orleans Saints quarterback, Drew Brees, who's... 80,358 yards passing stands as the most in the history of the NFL is retiring after 20 seasons, which I don't want to say I predicted, but if you go back to the um, Tom Brady's Buccaneers against the New Orleans Saints led by Drew Brees, I was like, this is the retirement bowl. Um, Whoever loses this game is going to retire. And uh, yeah. And coincidentally, Brady has had a contract extension. There we go. Yeah, yeah. so luckily enough, he didn't lose that one. Exactly. Yeah, I think he's going to, I think he wants to stay in Tampa and give it a wee rattle for next year to see if they can, you know, defend the title. Because as we said, when we were trying to figure out all those years, was it the Patriots or was it Tom Brady? And then yeah. we were like, fuck, maybe it's Tom Brady. I mm-hmm. think he's going to go again next year. Because, I mean, are those, uh, surely the Tampa Bay players that they got in those, those dudes like Gronkowski and stuff who were, mm-hmm. Technically retired at the time. Are they yeah. back in retirement now, or are they going no, back? No, year? I, I because I, I assume Gronk's going to stay with Brady, considering he's substantially younger than Brady. Um, yeah. But yes, he's so Brady's with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the next season, which makes him the oldest, uh, the oldest quarterback in NFL history. Yeah, one of the ones I've just sort of uh, knocked up Drew Brees' stats here. A couple of incredible ones. He signed with the New Orleans Saints as a free agent in 2006 and played for 16 seasons. Mad. So clearly he didn't have a glittering start. That's no, mental. Yeah, I remember I remember the whole talk about them when they uh, were going in for the World Series, or World Series, um, going in for the Super Bowl. And I was just like, where the fuck did these guys come from? <laughs> Obviously, I didn't have such an appreciation for sport like I do now. But like back then, I was like, what is happening here? So... Yeah. I mean, like, fair play, he's got three boys who will probably end up being, like, the Mannings, you know, the um, because we did, that was our second ever episode, the House of Manning. So Archie Manning had 
Peyton Manning uh, and Eli Manning and the third one that nobody can remember because <laughs> he wasn't the Super Bowl winning quarterback. Um, also in NFL news, uh, running back Aaron Jones signs a four-year contract extension with the Green Bay Packers that keeps him at Lambeau Field for, as I said, four years for $48 million. Now, number one, that's a lot of money. But number two, one of the reasons that we added this, not only uh, is Aaron Jones one of the best in the game, but it just shows you how much the Dallas Cowboys value Dak Prescott giving him $160 million for this season. Giving three times what a a renowned, well-known player is getting. Blows my mind. Completely crazy. What, honestly... When, like, the originators of all this sport, like, say, for example, football or American football, did you ever think that they, (laughs) that players in, like, what, say, 100, 130 years on from the creation of the game would be getting paid the entire GDP of a small country to play for a team for a couple of years? That's that's a very good point as well. It's just like... Uh yeah, here lads. Um, do you wanna do you wanna try a sport if you're too much of a card to play rugby? Stick that hat on you. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, if you're too cowardly for rugby and or war, then yeah, you can make your millions doing this. Yeah, how long does the game last? Well, it's four quarters, fifteen minutes each, but uh, the actual game lasts about eight seconds each time. What? Yeah, but but you'll be there for six hours. <laughs> yeah, it's the most polite game ever. Okay, you have a turn now. Fucking hell. Yeah, no, I was watching I was watching the Scotland Ireland game today and I was just thinking, man, this is it's obvious so much more flowing than American football, but like I was just seeing like uh for example Johnny Saxon getting tackled and I was like, oh, let's got it down to the 30 yard. That'll be first and 10. <laughs> yeah. Warping my brain. See, um uh not to hijack your your the uh, your news, but did you see the Scotland try today where and oh. the guy, he avoided a knock-on by letting it smash him in the face. Yeah, exactly. It was quite very clever. I don't know if he meant to do it, but it was, it was very <laughs> clever. Just hit him on his big square rugby player jaw. And in, uh, <laughs> sucked the in, boot and to get rid of it. And it, it, was, it ended up being a, a kind of comedy of errors that Scotland got to try out of. So. Exactly. Yeah, in improv, it's known as uh, committing to the bit. <laughs> you know, it's like... Yeah. He's running. I like I was saying, but because I watched it at my mom's house on the big TV, and I was like, "No, that's definitely a knock-on." That, that I, I thought it came off his hand to begin with, and then like after watching the replay, I was like, "Well, that was unexpected." <laughs> but yeah, for play, we'll definitely get to that in uh, this week in sport. But absolutely moving to the uh, the land of football, uh, a team that I'm rather fond of, Sunderland AFC. Uh, mm-hmm. They just caught him won a fucking trophy. Not bad after slipping two divisions in two years. What have they done? What have they won? Hang on, wait a minute. What can you even win down there? Yeah, well, obviously there's different tiers of trophies, like your Champions Leagues, your uh, you know Europa Leagues. But uh, when was the last time Barcelona won the Papa John's trophy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that is that a trophy in the shape of a giant pizza? Oh man. That's if it's not, it, why not? If exactly. not, why not? Exactly. Um, uh, yeah, they ended up beating Tranmore, uh, Tranmere Rovers 1-0 at Wembley today. And I think it's good that they weren't allowed any fans in um, the uh, into Wembley Stadium today because 
for some reason, I think with what the 30 Sunderland fans that would have been there would have looked very empty. Um, who's, um, yeah, who's who's getting the train from Sunderland to fucking London? Do you know what I mean? I mean, like, if it's your team, I mean, like, I, I'd get a train from, I, I the way, okay, I went uh, to go see, uh, you know, Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. I paid 90 euro to go see his solo show and I got a train down from Dublin and it like, I, I love Billy Corgan's music, but it was literally the worst experience I've ever had <laughs> in Dublin. Why? And I've been clamped. I've had my wallet stolen in Dublin. Um, but I'm just talking about that level of dedication, you know, uh, <laughs> obviously Dublin, London, Sunderland, Belfast, completely different, but uh, my point is still valid. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, they ended up winning 1-0. And the goal scorer is uh, an American forward. And I um, sometimes I don't actually believe this is his real name, but his name is Landon Gooch. Actually? Spelt G-O-O-C-H. Is it Landon? Like uh, L-A-N-D-O-N? L-A-Y-N-D-O-N or something like that. Landon. What the fuck sort of name yeah. is that? I know. But is do you know what's really funny as well? Because like his actual name is the Gooch or is Gooch. Mm. Uh, Colin Cooper, who played for Kerry, who's a, a, a inter-county footballer, his nickname was the Gooch. I've never found out why. <laughs> and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask. I'm not gonna tweet him to find out. Yeah. I'm on the podcast, it's the Colin only Gooch to find out. The Gooch. Like it's not even a play in his name. I don't I don't wanna know. But there you go. <laughs> Um, a little, I've, got, I've got a little bit of news about Kerry. It's completely not sports related. Um, but uh, so, as you know, I'm, I'm quite uh, the, the lover of kind of aquatics and stuff like that. So I'm constantly uh, by the sea and all that kind of stuff. And I like to stay, uh, stay up to date with all the news happening around Ireland and stuff like that. So we, uh, today there was for the first time ever a walrus spotted off the coast of Kerry. Do you know if this was a clickbait article, the article would say Jordan Robinson enjoys water sports. Just putting that out there. Yeah, I mean, like, that's the name of the talk. Uh, that's the name of today's episode. <laughs> I, oh, fuck. This week in sports is going to be real interesting. Yeah, oh, um, yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah. Uh, well, hang on, hang on. So they're all excited about the walrus because, like, do you know the lost their... They lost their wee dolphin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what? what they lost fungi. fungi. Yeah, fungi. fungi. So, and they've just replaced them. This is bullshit, Kerry. I know. What the fuck you up? Hey, like I think personally, because if anyone's seen me do stand up, uh, I have slight disdain for dolphins. Um, but I, I think walrus is an upgrade. What if the walrus at the dolphin? Oh my oh, god! Oh man! Oh, that is a reality <laughs> TV show I would watch. <laughs> In fact, you see, uh, Kerry, yeah, yeah, it's Kilkenny that don't have a football team. You see on the county crest of Kerry next year, if it isn't a walrus, they don't have my support. Well, it's not going to be a walrus. Well, I think... And also, you're a down man. You're not supposed to be supporting Kerry ever. (laughs) I've explained this to you. Once you figure out where you're actually from, that's your team. Do or die. Tough shit. You're not allowed to follow anywhere else. This isn't oh, yeah. this isn't soccer ball. You don't pick oh, yeah. a team. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm diversifying the GAA portfolio. You're <laughs> you're, you're fuck. <laughs> 
Uh, so moving on to the last bit of news, just before we go into this week in sport. Um, today's game, the North London Derby, uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, uh, not only the club's top scorer this season, but also the club captain, got benched for the biggest game. Yeah. Was there like an official reason given? Anything on the old like the, Arsenal the, Twitter? Yeah, the official reason was a, a breach of club protocol. Now, I've, I've heard a couple of rumours on Instagram and Twitter uh, that says it was because he was late to too many training sessions. Okay. Um, which, you know, isn't really the best kind of... Uh, <laughs> the best kind of thing for your captain to be doing, especially before the biggest game of your season, considering you're not going to win anything else. Although they did come back in the, um, uh, what do you call it? The Europa League this year. Uh, this Thursday, uh, Thursday just passed there. Um, so, say obviously with me being a West Ham fan, uh, I'll ask myself this question, but for you, what... How would you feel if before the Man City match, Harry Maguire is left out of the team uh, because of the disciplinary reasons? I would be okay with it as long as they could got someone in who could head the ball. All in that, I would be like, why is he not playing? Well, you can't get a transfer in that quickly, like so. <laughs> I fuck you. <laughs> I mean, go, like, away with your, go away with your truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pick Lindelof, I dare you. Um, uh, but yeah, no, uh, number one, I don't think that would happen for Mark Noble, uh, simply because I think he is the sole person on the chair of the disciplinary board for West Ham. Uh, oh. And I hope he's, he, that's his, like, that's his duty for the rest of his life, I think. Yeah, surely. Well, uh, what I was going to say, the only news that I can sort of look at this as, as, as in researching while we're talking, mm-hmm. it's listed as a breach of pre-match, pro- or yeah, breach of pre-match protocol. Now, the problem of it is, uh, if he thinks, oh, well, I'll just sit out, my team, sit out my day and that's me fine. He was replaced with Lacazette, who scored the winner. So mm. this is really awkward now. Yeah. And Lacazette has been scoring quite frequently. He's uh, yeah. Arsenal's chief penalty taker this season. And uh, yeah, no, fair play to him. Uh, he hasn't really done much since coming from Leon, like So uh, yeah, power to him. That's what yeah, I say. That, that, thankfully, that's one of those ones that maybe paid off for the club instead of yeah. a real egg on your face kind of thing. But then they could still blame Aubameyang being like, well, look, he was supposed to play, but exactly. he breached protocol, so we had to leave him out. Yeah. He's let his team down. Fuck him. So <laughs> I don't like to put that in the statement. Yeah. Fuck him. Yeah. I was going to say, it would sound really good in a Spanish accent that Miguel Arteta has. <laughs> so fuck him, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, one and a half word explanation. Fuck him. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so shall we move into This Week in Sport? Always love This Week in Sport. This Week in Sport. This Week in Sport. So uh, this week we start off where we left off on uh, the last episode. So Thursday night, while we were recording the podcast, uh, Olympiacos were drawing with Arsenal in Greece. Uh, it didn't really look too good for Arsenal, uh, but we- they come away 3-1 winners at the end. I just realized we went full cliffhanger. Oh, like yeah. you have to tune in next week to see what happens. <laughs> yeah, you we, can't I mean, check the scores yourself. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it, I, I do feel like we recorded the last episode about five minutes ago. So <laughs> like we, we were just like, um, yeah, here's half the results, but you got to come back 
uh, to see what happens. Uh, don't Google it, like don't fuck yeah. it up because you want to hear us tell you. Yeah, yeah, don't be that but, guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, we we missed games, so we we got about halfway down the the fixture sheet before there was more games on. Exactly. Uh, Tottenham also ended up two nil winners against Dynamo Zagreb. Uh, Harry Kane getting both those goals. Um, yep, yep. You know, which is all that anybody really cares about. Um, moving on to Friday's game, uh, the Premiership match between Newcastle and Aston Villa. Now, when Villa took the lead late on, I was like, right, happy days. That's, you know, unfortunately for Mick, you know, he was probably watching up until the end. <laughs> Villa scored a, a pretty fluky but decent goal from uh, Ollie Watkins. And then, um, yeah, he must have turned off and Newcastle scored. So, I mean, like, it's a much-needed point for them. And I, you have to look at it as two drops, uh, two points dropped by um, Aston Villa in this occasion. Like, Yeah, I was I was sort of looking at that. As you say, that wee bit, it's just the squeezes on now at the bottom as well. And sure, there again today. So Newcastle came away with one point. Uh, we'll cover it on Saturdays, but Brighton's win and then Fulham's loss. It's uh, it's, it's getting it's getting squishy back there, and it's the middle of March, so you've got the whole of April and what all of May as well. It's gonna exactly. be it's gonna be good. It might be more exciting down the bottom of the table once we all realise that Man City's won the league. Hmm. <laughs> when we come to the realization, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, as a United fan, I'm in total denial. So, I mean, yeah. I, I, we won't catch them, but I'm, I'm not admitting that till somebody hands them the cup. <laughs> yeah, that happens, man. That's just the way it is. Mm. So, uh, moving on to Saturday's games, uh, we will start off with the uh, Premiership. Uh, no, we'll start off with the Niffle Premiership, so the Northern Irish Football League. So, okay. uh, Saturday, um, Quickly, uh, on Friday night, uh, Crusaders got beat 2-0 by uh, second-place Coleraine, um, beating them 2-0 at home, which, you know, yeah. Well, you, you, you said on the on the roundup last week you didn't think they were going to win that one anyway, so... Yeah, definitely didn't think they would get anything out of the game, so not really too surprised about that. But uh, in the other fixtures, Ballymena beat Portadown 2-1, Cliftonville beat Glenavon 2-1, Lauren 2-0 winners over Dungannon. Now, this is probably the shock of the season for me. Um, Linfield 7, Carrick Rangers 0. It, it's, it should be no shock that Linfield are fit to beat Carrick, but what was yeah. the crack with the 7 goals? Yeah, no, it, 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 right? yeah, it just seemed that way. I mean, like, it was at the, the National Stadium, so, but, like, it was, five, what, 4-0 at halftime? 4-0. What did they do? Throw the reserves on to give them a kickabout for the second half? It honestly seems like that because I only. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like. Are you checking the goal scores? Was there yeah. eight different goal scores for seven? No, uh, your man Lavery got a hat trick. So, you know, pretty decent for him. Um, and Glenn Torn also came away from Warren Point with a 2 0 win. So, as of speaking right now, the uh, Premiership table uh, looks like this, with Linfield uh, on top with 51 points, Coleraine second um, with a game in hand uh, on 46 points. Larne, 23 uh, matches played, 40 points, so there's six points behind them. Uh, Glen Torn, with only playing 22 games, are now on 39 points and positioned in fourth. 
there must be so many. It's so weird as well the way obviously those games happen because you know it's it's a nearly semi professional league. So the, there's only one. There's only really Windsor has like a. I mean, know there's groundsmen and stuff. So like Crusaders have a three G pitch. They're never going to get a game called off. True. You probably won't get a game called off in the national stadium, but like. Places like Lintorn or the Oval, or if they're playing away games in places like and I know Dun Gallon Waterlogs. Mm. So the, the fixtures list is never right. Yeah. Come near the end of the year where they actually it gets through the, the winter and there's loads of games called off whenever because you're not in a professional league where there's professional ground staff and you know, there's people are it's a lot of clubs would do people voluntary, you know, cutting the grass exactly. and maintaining the field. So they're just not designed. So that's there's always that massive disparity of games where it's like somebody's played 30 games and somebody else has played 22. You're like, oh, is there eight weeks of catch-ups here? Yeah. I mean, like, at the minute, uh, the team that have played most games this season are Cliftonville, who are sixth at the minute, just behind. Um, actually, they're tied. So, Glentoran, Crusaders, and Cliftonville are all tied on 39 points. But Glentoran obviously only playing 22 games, Crusaders 24, and Cliftonville 25. Yeah. So that's few, that that couple of there's six points to be taken there, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean like, and then the top six, um, uh, so yeah, the top six: Linfield, Corian, Larne, Glentor, and Crusaders, and Cliftonville. I really think are the cream of the crop in the whole league. So and like you can argue about positions and stuff like that, but with the league split at the end of the season, um, you know, hopefully that'll help teams like Warren Point, who seem to be safe, sitting in ninth at the minute. Um, Palomina and Glenavon, they're pretty safe with 34 and 31 points, respectively. So, eh, you know, it's almost it's almost <laughs> more fun guessing who's going to get relegated rather than going like, okay, Linfield are going to win the uh, win the league again this year. So, yeah, that's that's our morbid Irishness coming out, though. It's not about who wins, it? it's about who, who dies. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, Sporting uh, version of the parish list of the dead. Oh, I knew him. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the Premier League games on Saturday. Um, the early kickoff between Leeds and Chelsea ended in a goalless draw at, uh, what do you call it, Ellen Road? Yeah. Yeah. I was I was gutted about this because I thought this was going to be great. I watched this game thinking it was going to be a cracker. No, kind of. It's kind of weird to see Leeds not score a goal. No, look, 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 don't get me wrong. There were chances and there was lots of breaks and stuff, but it just mm. it just never came together for either team. So yeah, it was... and it was it was a, a good it's a good result for Chelsea in the fact that. Now, uh, their starting goalkeeper, Mendy, has more clean sheets than he has goals conceded. That's pretty cool. That's insane. And, like, you know how good he was. And, uh, like, we were both singing his praises at the start of the season. Then he kind of went off the boil a wee bit when uh, the manager got replaced. But now we're, like, I, I know for a fact that I'm going, like, that is a phenomenal stat. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chelsea are now 12 games unbeaten. Now, that will include draws, but 12 games unbeaten from the new managers come in is pretty damn good. Very, very good. Um, Crystal Palace uh, hosted West Brom. Uh, Crystal Palace ended up winning 1-0. Um, uh, and also, uh, the game itself uh, held some, uh, I don't know if you want to say historic value, because Wilfred Saha became the first player in the Premier League not to take the knee. Uh, at the start of the game 
I had read a piece about this during the week where he basically said he doesn't want to be a poster boy. He was like, yeah. oh, you're singling me out. He goes, is that not worse? So yeah. uh, and, and, and he was like, nah, he, I think he said the protests are, there were different clubs have come out. Bournemouth, I know, is a club, don't need leather, but Zaha, the first in the Premier League to say, no, nah, let's just play football. Yeah, uh, it was also saying that uh, the whole taking a knee, like at the start, uh, it's it was to raise awareness, obviously, of like inequality that happens uh, in all forms of life um, uh, in terms of like racism and like the the kind of uh, the things that these people have to deal with. Um, but then also like it has now become this kind of set ritual where, you know, it's just a thing that happens rather than them taking a stance. It's just, you know, run of the mill. Well, that's a good point. I mean, as it become as commonplace as so the whistle blows, you take the knee, then you get up and play football. Mm-hmm. Has that become as commonplace as shaking hands before the game, which yeah. obviously they're not doing now, but it's it's been in football for a hundred years to shake the hands of the team. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, I just um, wonder where things go from here now, because uh, as much as I don't like the club and whatever, the, but the I think it, there's a fast difference from uh, Wilfred Saha not taking the knee and the Millwall fans booing. Yeah, that's a bit yeah, fucked. I, I think, yeah, yeah, it's chalk and cheese. Like, um but yeah, so 1-0 win for Palace, which, you know, they're mathematically safe, right? Uh, yeah, and well done you for not uh, taking the easy joke and saying it's it's fairly black and white. Well done. Hey, Use chalk and cheese instead. I like that. I like that subtlety. Now I've pointed out, obviously I've ruined it. I'm sorry. I know. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> The next game, uh, it was uh, Burnley. We were playing Everton in Goodison Park. Ended up 2-1 winners, Burnley. Yeah, all of the excitement in the game was in the first half, basically. Yeah, exactly, with uh, Chris Wood scoring again, McNeil scoring. So they were 2-0 up with Calvert-Lewin scoring one in the 32nd minute. And then the second half was just change after change after change for both teams. Everton didn't look like they were going to do anything. Did you, per chance, did you see McNeil's goal? I did. My God, who was nobody was saving that. And the other thing as well is, and myself included, and also the Everton defense, nobody thought he was going to shoot either. He just turned and went, "Fuck it," <laughs> and a go. Well, I'm on my holidays. I might as well. Um, it was class. It was such a good goal. Uh, well, you know, it's three much needed points for Burnley, so you'd be very happy with that because they've always struggled, not only away from home, but you know, scoring especially away from home. So um, fair play to old Daishi. Now, yep. uh, another week, another uh, another weekend without me getting a Fulham tattoo. Just get the Fulham tattoo. We're not going to do this every episode. <laughs> I want to. You see, this is it. This is intrigue. This is what, this is the, okay, the podcast itself is the hook, but the chance that I might have to get a tattoo against my will is the barb that keeps the fish on the hook. Well, the other thing is as well is that hours aren't open. And also, can I point out as well, are you forgetting that when the world hopefully goes back to normal, you are going to go to a West Ham game with a Fulham tattoo on? I'll explain it. They'll accept me as one of their own. They'll They're not going to believe you're... A, they'll think you're some sort of fucking death wish. <laughs> oh, well, if it was Millwall, yes. But 
Fulham, I think they get away with it. I don't know. We have the mentality of, you know, the kind of working class. Well, Fulham's actually quite upper class, but... (laughs) I was like, like, dude, their pitch is named after a cottage. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if it was named after a council flat, that would be completely different. (laughs) Craven council flats. Yeah, the Craven holiday home, you know what I mean? <laughs> Perfect. Uh, moving on to today. So Sunday's games, um, very unexpected to see this one being played on BBC One. It was on live. Yeah, oh no. I was going to say one of the one of the big facts right before we get off the Man City game. Okay. Sergio Aguero's first Premier League goal since January 2020. Continue, sir. Sorry, I just yeah. thought that was very, very interesting. Uh, quite quite crazy. Um, what? Wait. What was oh yeah the Man City the yeah full of Man City game um so Apologies. today Almost. Brighton ended up beating Southampton two one at St Mary's with Ain't nobody was, saw that coming no nobody did and I'm not salty about it but I'm also like just fucking die already would you yeah I'd imagine Southampton and Brighton and Hove Albion are both quite salty about it because they're both beside the sea hey da 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 da. Um, so Lewis Dunk is like probably the joint top scorer for Brighton's season with Mope. Yeah. What has he got? Three? <laughs> yeah, isn't that mental? <laughs> um, so the the big result, obviously with Chris... Oh, we should talk about that in the intro. Um, Chris Wilder uh, steps down as manager of Sheffield United. Yeah, obviously just couldn't... I mean, good because they get another tanking. Yeah. But I was going to say... That I think I texted you with this. That news genuinely made me sad. Mm. I was really actually sad. Chris Wilder stepped out of his job. I don't know if it's maybe another Neil Lennon where it's like, Chris, do you want to quit before we sack you? Yeah. But finish the year, hold your head high that exactly. you got a year of top flight football with a team whose wage bill is approximately 50 quid a week. Yeah. And, and the highest. And then move on and go out and be remembered. I don't think, I my cousin is actually a Sheffield fan. I don't think there's any animosity between the people of Sheffield. And Chris Wilder. Oh, there shouldn't be. It was a it was a bad year, but fuck me, you weren't you weren't doing much before he showed up. You know what I mean? Exactly. So they were. I felt genuinely sad one. he was gone. Yeah. Yeah. Tenth in League One to ninth in the Premiership. He is yeah. Grateful bunch of bastards. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, they got taught a lesson today by Leicester. Um, winning five yeah. 0 at the King Power Stadium with K- uh, Ian Acho scoring a hat trick. Uh, wh- oh yeah, that's right. Pretty decent. Um, which you know just bought, uh, helps uh, Leicester bolster their way to the top at the minute because the standings right now um, after the two games uh, Leicester sitting third uh, point behind United the mad shit about this game as well is because obviously Leicester's point Leicester's goal difference United get very few you know there was only one big like massive win this year uh, the 9-0 but the yeah, like Leicester scoring five today is a goal difference is really going to help them coming into that thing oh, yeah. where you're getting up the ranks and you're everybody's kind of in and around the same point. The mad thing about this game today was it was only one that at half time and in the second half, obviously the floodgates opened. So oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It just kind of it's like as we've said so many times, it's a capitulation of like mediocrity in these kind of teams, you know. Mm, yeah, probably or just nobody gives a fuck because they're gone. Yeah, like dishes are done. Um, another couple of... So there was a hat-trick scored in the Leicester game, 5-0 against Sheffield, but also over in Italy, uh, Juventus were playing Cagliari. And who else but Cristiano Ronaldo scoring a hat-trick? Fair enough. Now, 
what I'm going to say is why, if he's like one of the best, still one of the best players in the world, why the fuck didn't he do that against Porto? You know? Hmm. Yeah, that's true as well. You're just like, well, look, it's annoying when you watch anybody, when you see a team who's, you know, like, look at uh, Chelsea, 0-0 with Leeds, and then yeah. we'll kick ass in Europe. You know, that kind of thing. It's the same frustration I'm sure fans see. Exactly. And a little bit of good news for uh, the red side of Manchester. AC Milan lost at home today against Napoli. Uh, also with uh, your man Ryback getting a straight red card for unsportsmanlike conduct at the end. Are we hoping this is going to demoralize them before they come back to play us for the second half of the Europa League? Yeah, you see that? That's what we want, you know? Yeah, fingers crossed. But, but who knows? And as we are speaking right now, the was it this um the super classico isn't that what they call it uh oh Baca and river plate Baca and river plate yeah the battle of argentina yeah it's in the is it the copa de liga or the copa diego maradona as it is now known uh yeah is it, is uh, that what they're calling it now yeah, that's the new name. Uh, just kind of like Napoli, they just renamed everything after Diego Maradona. Um, yeah, Boca 1-0 up against River Plate. It's just gone into the second half now. Uh, Viva Boca? That's yeah, the only Spanish uh, I know. Uh, I was going to say, it, yeah, it's it's super classical. You had it right. I had to oh, yeah, a bit about a wee search, but yeah. And so yeah. not El Clasico, El Super Clasico. So oh, even more. Yeah, even better than them Spanish ones. Now, yeah. uh, we are going to stay in South America for uh, story time this week, which we'll get straight into. How about that? I love that because I've never been to South America before. I know, it's class. We're, tra- yeah. we're uh, teleporting there via the medium of storytelling. Should we, should we tell the nice people about they should stay tuned for the next episode? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this week we're going to try something a little bit new. Obviously, we missed out the two late kickoffs. Uh, on Sunday because we're going to try a new wee kind of format that we were thinking of where we will cover the North London Derby and the injury time Derby uh, with West Ham against Manchester United and Tottenham against oh my god Arsenal yeah oh no (laughs) a magnet just fell off my fridge there and I'm in the apartment by myself so I'm very very freaked out right now (laughs) (laughs) the murder apartment takes another um yeah so Tottenham against Arsenal West Ham against um Manchester United that'll be the mini episode that will be released Tuesday afternoon-ish oh very cool okay yeah, so, so after you've enjoyed this one next one will be up okay I guess we're really spoiling you with the amount of content that we're putting out you know once we figure out how to do it properly and with good sound quality, oh, the spoiling. The spoiling yeah. you guys are going to get. You guys, you have no idea. Go. So story time this week is that of um, one of the most suggested uh, stories that uh, we've had here at Injury Time, and that is of Andreas Escobar. Now, Darren, when I say the name Andreas Escobar, do you know who I'm talking about? Yes, Pablo Escobar's wee brother. <laughs> You'd think that he is a Colombian, but uh, and they're both from Medellin as well. So exactly, isn't that crazy? Um, so Andreas Escobar was a Colombian football player. Uh, he was a defender. He played for Atletico Nacional, BSC Young Boys, and the Colombian national team, nicknamed the Gentleman. Um, he was known for his clean style of play and calmness on the pitch. 
which, you know, is just <laughs> what you want uh, in a defender, I guess. Someone who doesn't give away stupid penalties and, you know, keeps, keeps a calm head. Yeah, that's true. I mean, every team needs a psychopath, but everyone else should be good at their job around I mean, you, so that's pretty good. I mean, like, in every team, you would love to have, like, a Vinnie Jones or a Roy Keane and also an Andreas Escobar is pretty much what we're saying. Like, uh, Yeah, I suppose so, but uh, tell me more. So, uh, Andreas Escobar is most famous because he was the football player that was killed in the aftermath of the 1994 FIFA World Cup reportedly as retaliation for having scored an own goal which contributed to the team's elimination from the tournament. Uh, Obviously the murder tarnished the image of Colombia internationally um, which is quite uh, it's very very disheartening when Escobar himself had worked to promote a more positive image of Colombia earning acclaim in his own country Uh, And to this day, he is still held in high regard by the majority of Colombian fans, but especially mourned and remembered by those of Atletico Nacional. So, yeah. Can I point out out as well that when Bill Shankly famously said, some people think football is a matter of life and death, I I assure you it's much more serious than that. This is what he meant. Yeah, right. This is the exact example. This dude was a football player who was murdered for playing football madness isn't it absolute madness so uh we'll start up we'll just focus on his international career because that's obviously why we're talking about him today um he made his debut for the Colombian national team on my birthday 1988 the 30th of march uh in a 3-0 win against canada his first appearance in an international competition took place in the 1988 rouse cup have you ever heard about the rouse cup r-o-u-s no what's it uh, well, it's, apparently it's just an international tournament um, where he scored the only goal of his career in a one-month draw against England. England um, in I, was gonna say, I thought maybe it was CONCACAF, which is like a Northern yeah, Southern yeah. American trophy that they play for, but okay. Um, he played four matches at the 1989 Copa America uh, when he was 22 years old. The team was eliminated in the first round of the tournament. The same year, he also played for the 1990 FIFA World Cup qualification games. Uh, the team was the winner of Group 2, but had to play the international playoffs since it had the worst record among all of the group winners. Uh, Colombia then went on to win 1-0 on aggregate and qualified for the 1990 World Cup. Uh, Escobar played all the matches during the World Cup. The team reached the round of 16 where they were eliminated 2 1 uh, against who else but Cameroon? Oh, uh, George Weimer, 1990. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dancing at the flag. Yeah. Absolutely. Still, like, obviously wasn't there, wasn't born, but, you know, that's one of the things when you think of, like, the World Cup and international football in general. That's one of the, it's that celebration, the celebration of Shabala at the um, uh, 2010 World Cup, scoring the first ever goal for South Africa in the finals. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, obviously Zidane's head, but they're the kind of images that are conjured up when I think about the World Cup. Um, but yes, uh, Escobar was called up uh, for the 1991 Copa America squad, where he made seven appearances. Uh, he did not participate in any games of the World Cup qualifiers for um, 1994, but he was called up for the World Cup. Now, 
there is uh what from three years from his last last time he was playing um with the colombian squad in the copa america three years later he is chosen for the world cup so he didn't play in the qualifications rounds so that's three years not playing in the system uh but i don't do you think he had any inkling that the next time he would be playing uh, a game for Colombia, it could end up costing him his life? He, I would say no, but yeah. the, the plot <laughs> yeah. seconds, I'd say. You need to be very pessimistic to think that, yeah. uh, you know. Um, so Escobar's own goal in uh, the 1994 World Cup occurred in Colombia's second group match against the United States, uh, stretching to block a cross from American midfielder John Harks. He inadvertently deflected the ball into his own net. Uh, the United States took a 1-0 lead and ended up winning 2-1. After the 1994 World Cup, Escobar decided to return to Colombia instead of visiting relatives in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, on the evening of the 1st of July, 1994, five days after the elimination of Colombia from the World Cup, Escobar called his friends and they went to a bar in El Poblado uh, neighborhood in Medellin. Uh, then they went to a liquor store. Shortly afterwards, they arrived at the El Injo nightclub. His friends split up at approximately three, uh, three o'clock the next morning. Escobar was alone in the parking lot of the El Indino in his car. Three men appeared. Uh, they began to argue with him. Two of the men took out handguns. Escobar was shot six times with a 38 caliber pistol. Uh, it was reported that the killer shouted goal after every shot. Once for each time, the South American football commentator said it during the, broad the broadcast of the game. The grip drove away in a Toyota pickup truck leaving Escobar to bleed to death. Escobar was rushed to hospital, but was then pronounced for, uh, dead 45 minutes later. Hang on, hang on. I get that, you know, I knew that he was killed. I didn't know he was shot six times, and I didn't know they said goal every time they shot him. That's fucking mental. That's, like, Fucked up, perverse. Yeah. yeah. That, that belongs on, like, any true crime podcast. Yeah. Do you know what else is really fucked up? Like the quality of player he was playing against. John Harks from the United States played for Sheffield Wednesday. Jesus. I remember that. <laughs> um, I think that's, the, that's the quality of talent he was playing against and they got beaten that game. So the States beat them 2-1. Yeah. Uh, the murder was widely believed to be a punishment for the own goal. Uh, in the UK, the BBC issued a public apology after its football pundit, Alan Hansen, commented during the World Cup's round of 16 match between Argentina and Romania that the Argentine defender weren't shooting for his mistake like that on the 3rd of July, a day after the murder of Escobar. Jesus Christ. Talk about reading the room and paying attention to what's going on in world politics. like Time and place. I mean, like, yes, if you're doing a tight five at the Comedy Store, Alan, prime material, not when you're commentating on a World Cup game. Yeah. Uh, mental um escobar's funeral was attended uh, by more than 120,000 people which you know during the kind of like time of coronavirus is quite hard to believe but um every year people honor honor escobar by bringing photographs of him to matches and in july 2002 the city of mendelin uh unveiled a statue in his memory well good that's i mean he was a national team footballer so he was obviously well thought of by 
everyone in the country except the people that killed him. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, Humberto Munez, uh, a bodyguard uh, for members of a powerful Colombian drug cartel, uh, was arrested on the night of the 2nd of July, 1994, confessing the next day to the killing of Escobar. Um, he also worked as a driver for Santiago Galeano, um, who had allegedly lost heavily betting on the outcome of the game. He was found guilty. We're getting to the reason. All exactly. Right. Uh, he was found guilty of Escobar's murder in June 1995 and was sentenced to 43 years in prison. Uh, the sentence was later reduced to 26 years because of his submitting the ruling, the ruling penal code in 2001. Um, he was then released on good behavior due to the further reductions from prison work and study in 2005. After serving approximately 11 years, his three accomplices would were acquitted. Um, Jesus, and, so one of them, one of them got 11 years, which was that guy, even though he's supposed to do 43, reduced to 26, got out after 11 years and no one else that was there with him were charged, even though they said two of them drew guns. Exactly. Yeah. <coughs> right then. And, uh, and then uh, basically uh, all that's left of the case is um, 2009, 2010, 30 for 30, which is a ESPN documentary series. Um, uh, they did an episode on the two Escobars, uh, which looked back at Colombia's World Cup run and the relationship of association football with uh, the country's criminal gangs. Um, uh, notably the cartel ran by Pablo Escobar, who was unrelated, um, which is, you know, crazy. Uh, but it is suggested that the program that uh, Pablo, as had Pablo Escobar been alive, the Galleon brothers would not have targeted Andreas Escobar, as it was widely known that Pablo Escobar was a fervent supporter of the Colombian national football team. Right, so even though, do you know what? I mean, we're saying Escobar, and obviously the only two Colombian people we know called Escobar, we're like, Oh, maybe they're maybe they're related. Escobar in Colombia could be like Murphy in Ireland. There's fucking thousands yeah, of them. Exactly. You know I mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh and yeah, just to you know, in obvious injury time fashion, prior to his death, Escobar was engaged to his girlfriend for five years, a dentist named Pamela Casacardo. Uh they would have been married later in nineteen ninety-four. Uh, you know, um, Escobar was a devout Catholic and would go to mass every day before school with his mother until her death at the age of 52, which, you know, I'm not saying he deserves it just because he's Catholic. <laughs> you get this far into it and now you start making jokes? Jesus, yeah. I thought you were yeah. doing an actual yeah. serious... I, I read the room. I read the room, man. Um, but it turns out I can't read. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. That that you know why you didn't have a good Catholic education like me. <laughs> hey, we brought it back around. Um, <laughs> yes, that was the story of Andreas Escobar. Um, and yeah, it's uh, yeah, I would say the reason that he was killed was because of Galliano losing the money out in the World Cup. Do you know what though? If I was a betting man, I would have bet that Colombia in nineteen ninety four would have beat the USA team as well, even though it was the US World Cup. Still, exactly. Colombia. You know what I mean? Well, you know, <laughs> if anything, uh, Diego Maradona um, was the one uh, who was uh, rest in peace. Obviously, uh, go back and check out our Diego Maradona episode. Um, but nineteen ninety four, America absolutely coked out of his tits. Like, yeah, sent home. They were like. Forget about the piss test, just shine a light in his eyes and what he sees the state of him. Yeah, exactly. 
yeah they do a blood test and it turns out it's like 95 percent ppcp or some shit like that yeah um, yeah and it turns out that he didn't even go back home to buenos aires in argentina he just went straight to colombia and just started partying in bogota like <laughs> Here, if you're in trouble anyway, you might as well go and get in trouble. Like, but no, that's really sad because I mean, we're talking about Maradona, who's a, a legend of world football, but everybody knows about his, his outside life and his, his problems with narcotics. Mm-hmm. Here's a Colombian footballer who we're thinking, oh, this will be the obvious joke Colombian yeah. on drugs. And his nickname was The Gentleman. So he was, and as you said, his his thing was to promote Colombia as, a, you know, trying to change the image of the place and then is murdered for it, and then which completely tarnishes the country. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so sad. And I don't know if this was bait or this is, you know, whatever coming into play at the minute, but his birthday was uh, the 14th of March, 1967. And you know what day it is today? The 14th of March, 1967. No, hang on. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that was creepy. I just saw that. (laughs) We didn't plan that at all, but it's a happy, it's a happy heavenly birthday. Is that? Yeah. Is that no, no, I'm trying to think what happy birthday is in Spanish, but I don't know any Spanish. Uh, bon anniversaire. No, that's French. Oh, um, shit. Guten birthday. No, that's all. Oh, he's done it wrong again. <laughs> and that was story time this week. Now, let's see if I can get some redemption with these questions. I'm really good at your, uh, really good at your camera's not working. I don't want to look you in the eye when I mock you. Uh, but anyway. All right, we'll do the questions first before we do our, our roundup. You want to do questions first? Uh, I, uh, uh, yeah, the camera's back on. Um, uh, I kind no, we'll do the games to watch this week. Okay, game, we'll do games to watch and we'll end cliffhanger ending on the questions. Here we go. Yeah. So, All right, uh, games to watch starting tomorrow no, or when tomorrow. or today if you're listening to the podcast on day of release. Yeah. So, yes, there's, only, there's only one Premier League game anyway. So, exactly. Wolves against Liverpool. Uh, Thoughts? It's at Wolves as well. Liverpool obviously on their knees of late. Uh, Wolves not terrible and at home. What do we think? Uh, no, no draw. Actually? Yeah. No fire apart from either team? None. None whatsoever. Um, yeah. Moving on. Also, to- uh, just before we leave this, uh, speaking of a Wolves player, uh, Antonio, the West Ham player, uh, from watching the match tonight, is he going to the same gym as Giorre? They're massive. Yeah, I, I don't know, Traore, yeah. Um, what the hell? Look, uh, Mikel Antonio is uh, a phenom. He is... He's a unit? Yeah, you can't... Should be playing rugby? Well, he should be. I mean, like... Oh, we forgot to do the roundup for the rugby games today. We can do it here. It's okay. Just do okay. the games to watch. Yeah, yeah. People are still listening. They've got this far. They are? <laughs> yeah. um, uh, okay, Okay. so we'll, we'll start off on Saturday's uh, rugby union games. Uh, Italy were playing Wales and England were playing uh, France. Now, so, as expected, Italy got beaten like a stepchild. Yes, <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, uh, they got pretty heavily uh, beaten by Wales. So the Grand Slam is still on for uh, your nation's people. And oh, knock it off! And <laughs> because uh, of so that they're on for the Grand Slam, and then because of the result of the England France game. It's only Wales that can now do the Grand Slam. Hey, look at that. Which I'm kind of happy about, but also not happy about England winning. Uh, You know, only taking it by three points as well. Um, uh, And then today, Ireland beat Scotland. 20, what, 27? Yeah, 
as a lot of times in history, it has come down to the boot of Sexton to deliver, deliver us from evil. Um, yeah. We actually a really, really good game. 27-24, uh, a couple of tries, a bit of excitement. Um, Ireland were quite dominant in the pack, a few collapsed scrums, a couple of penalties off Scotland. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Scotland, obviously Ireland was a game plan today. I don't think they beat Scotland by pure talent. Scotland are a very talented team and they will be back. I mean, they beat England this year. That was a big deal for them. And then, but exactly. to lose to Wales. So yeah, the table's looking interesting. I mean, Wales are on for the Grand Slam um, if they win next week. But yeah, interesting as always. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We shall see. But yeah, Italy wooden spoon haven't won in the last thirty-one, if I remember correctly. Um, and then Wales beat them forty-eight to seven yesterday. And then, but no, England France because I thought France were leading. And then, of course, right at the end, England come back and steal the victory. Look at that. Moving, uh, jumping forward in time. Now we'll go to Tuesday's games. Now that that uh, the rugby things uh, rectified with the Northern Irish Premiership. Uh, a couple of tasty wee fixtures in here. Uh, Carrick against Lauren. Closest thing to Derby those guys will get. That's true as well. Uh, Not cousins Glen- that much. <laughs> Glen Avon against uh, Glen Torren. The Battle of the Glens, even yeah. though only one of them is in Antrim. Exactly. Um, actually, no, because it's an East Belfast, so is that not the downside of it? Touche. So none yeah. of them is in Antrim. But it's the Battle of the Glen. Um, Linfield are hosting Dungannon, and Warren Point are hosting Ballymena. Uh, yeah, I, I think if we're calling that one, uh, Lauren Carr. I mean, Carr are obviously just coming off a seven nil drubbing, drubbing by the yeah. the leaders and the team that are are Lauren still second. Lauren are third. Are third, so a potential for another hiding for Carrick. Could be. Um, Glen Avon, Glen Torn. I give the Glen Torn like. Uh, Glenn, yeah, I go Glen Thorne on that one. Yeah, that, uh, they beat Lauren, they beat Linfield what three 0 the other week. There's no reason mm-hmm. they shouldn't be able to beat Glen Avon. Um, Linfield, Dungannon, uh, Rory Carroll, clean sheet, nil nil. Linfield at home as well. Mm. But Rory Carroll's coming back to the national stadium. That's very good. It's Warren not going like, but I want a nil nil. Like, um, <laughs> pardon me. Um, Warren Point uh, against Balmina in Warren Point. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Warren Point. There you go. We, are we home win for the buys. That would be nice. Um, moving on to the Champions League. Manchester City are at home to uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach, and Franco's team, aka Real Madrid, are up against At Atlanta. Um, yeah. City leading two 0 into the second leg, and Franco's team, aka Real Madrid, going in one 0 ahead. Um, I know we joke all the time about our mispronunciation of, of teams, but that's us, so it's okay. Does it fuck you off when you're talking to people and they they can't say Atalanta? They say Atlanta. <laughs> the last I play Atlanta, they're playing Atlanta in uh, Syria, in the Syria A. They're like, they're not. <laughs> playing Atalanta. Uh, sometimes dyslexia affects many people, Darren. Yeah, that's true, I know. Our, our accents are a bastard as well. But yeah, no, Real Madrid already 1-0 up on aggregate in that one. And Man City obviously have the 2-0 up from their aggregate as well. So hopefully it, there's some excitement, but it's, you know, that's already the, the home teams that have the advantage. But then, you know what, that could that could turn around to away goals, so it could be a bit of crack. You said it? Yeah, boy. No, no, no. You, you literally said it, as in you said Real Madrid. Oh, I said Franco's team. <laughs> Oh. Uh, it happens to the best of us. 
I was going to suggest one time that we had a bet that who was going to say it first. Thank fuck it, because that was an instant loss right there. there. <laughs> uh, Wednesday's game, Chelsea play Atletico Madrid. Um, yep. Chelsea leading 1-0. Um, yeah, I kind of see Chelsea going ahead there because Atletico's form is kind of dipped, especially in mm-hmm. uh, uh, their league defence at the minute. Um, Bayern Munich against uh, Mussolini's team. Ah, oh, good cover, Boston. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, so yeah, there for one uh, winners from the first leg, uh, and that was in Rome. So yeah, goodbye that team. Mm, yeah, yeah. probably go Bayern. Chelsea Atletico could be good, but it's Chelsea at home, so they have the away goal. So yeah. Atletico got to score the two. Yeah, they got to. Um, and the second leg of the Europa League finals take part uh, take place on Thursday night with Arsenal against Olympiacos, Dynamo Zagreb against Tottenham, Mould against Granada, Shakhtar Donetsk against AS Roma, AC Milan, Man United, Rangers, Slavia Prague, Villarreal, Dynamo Kiev, and Young Boys, Ajax. I would say a majority of those fixtures are sealed up except for AC Milan, Man United, and Rangers, Slavia Prague, because everyone else has got a goal or two buffer. Correct. Yeah. Except those two games, so hopefully United is worth watching. Very sad as well because the the first round of the SC Milan Man United was really good. The the header was phenomenal, and then obviously we covered it on here as well, where United should not have conceded because I thought Henderson had it, but his little weak hand and the, the ball went in. But yeah, no, uh, Rangers Slavia Prague. But now Rangers are at home, so yeah, could be yet again down to the away goals, and with a bit of luck, Man United get one because that would be really helpful. Yeah, looks like it. Uh, moving on to Friday's game. Uh, there's one Premier League match, Fulham against Leeds at Craven Cottage. That's got to divide your opinion because you love Fulham and you can't criticise Leeds, so what are you yeah. going to do? Um, uh, we'll go nil-nil. Oh, yeah. you think so again? Possibly, you never know. Ariel is a great keeper. Normally found around the breast. <laughs> it's not even a joke. <laughs> I don't even know. Um, but yeah, did you know he's on loan from PSG to Fulham? Is he? Is he he's yeah. not even their permanent keeper. No, no, he's on loan and he's class. Like, I take him anyway. That's a that's a good loan deal. Well done, Dave. Exactly, a funny name. Um, uh, I, I'm gonna throw it out there because let me see. Fulham leads. Fulham at home. Leads leaky at the back. Uh, but love attacking. But are we bit dodge on the counter attack? But very fast as well. If Fulham mm-hmm. can work out their counter attacking, I would. Pop my hand up and say 2-1, but there you go. And at least you're not offering to get a tattoo this week. Exactly, right. Um, uh, in the NFL Premiership this Friday night, Crusaders host Linfield at Seaview. Okay. Linfield at Seaview. Mm, you, have you any hopes for this? None at all. You're the worst fan ever, man. You're supposed to no. say this could I'm be the big reali- game I'm year. realistic. I am optimistic about West Ham. I'm realistic about Crusaders. Okay, fair enough. Because they're close to home, man. Yeah. Why do, you, why do you have a season ticket? Do you just go down and make yourself miserable on like a sunny yeah. Saturday? Just like fucking quid for a cup of tea. <laughs> Call this a cheesy... It's a slice of American cheese on chips. That's not a cheesy chip. <laughs> but their chicken gravy is fantastic. Uh, they will uh, not give me the rest of it. <laughs> Um, moving on to Saturday's Northern Irish football premiership. Uh, a couple of games. Uh, Coleraine against Carrick. Easy win, Coleraine there. Um, Dungannon, Portadown. Should be a decent enough wee game. Now, Glen Torn playing Glen Avon again. Battle of the Glens. Mm-hmm. 
Lauren against Cliftonville and Warren Point against Ballymena again. What is the crack with these return fixtures? Is this just uh, a, kind of a re- is this just like a reassessed fixture list or are these replays? Essentially, it, it just seems like uh, they're trying to fit everything in with the uh, uh, you know shortened season uh, and also you know just trying to. I don't know, give entertainment to the fans, I guess. I think that's what they're doing in the Premiership because there's essentially a Premiership game on every day of the week. Yeah, very true. That way. Um, so, yeah, pretty much the same as uh, the other fixtures there. Uh, in the Premiership on Saturday, only two games. Um, Tottenham against Southampton, but it says that that's postponed. So... I'm not sure what the crack is with that. But then Brighton and Newcastle are the late kickoff. That's a real six-pointer for both teams. Not in the fact that they actually get six points, but it'll do both in the world of good. And then, yep, moving back to Sunday, uh, a little London derby for you. Um, West Ham are playing Arsenal at home. Uh, What are your thoughts on that one? Because West Ham at home, Arsenal have beaten Spurs today. They have. What do you think? West Ham beat Spurs by the same scoreline. I reckon West Ham will win two one. Okay, so you, uh, you both can see, but it'll be it'll be watching. I think it's it's probably I'd say West Ham would be a better game to watch than Villa Spurs. Yeah, Villa Spurs doesn't really. Know. I think Villa Spurs could be two teams that really really want to draw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like they can't explain it, they just really want it. Uh, yeah. and yeah, that is pretty much all the games. Well, apart from next Sunday, is the, the old firm derby between Celtic and Rangers at Celtic Park. The glass Sunday. Oh, this is the um, this is the, the so guard of the honor, isn't it? Because they've won yeah. the yeah, yeah. Celtic have to, uh, do you know what's brilliant as well? I saw. I saw a, a guy follow on Twitter who is a Celtic fan, and he said, "If anybody deserves to have to give Rangers a guard of honor, it's that shite Celtic team." And I was like, "You're a Celtic fan?" Uh, he's so pissed off about how the season went. He's like, "Fuck them, make them suffer." Yeah, I, I love the. I saw this tweet. It was it was a couple of years ago that I saw it the first time. But I guess retweeted every like um, uh, every old firm there is. But it goes like uh, <laughs> the Scottish Met Police think putting the game on at twelve, uh, you know, at midday. Um, will deter people from getting too drunk before the games. Will it fuck? I'm having fog with my cocoa pops. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did I ever tell you? I, wa- I watched an old firm in Canada one time at half seven in the morning. Oh, class. <laughs> so seven, seven o'clock. Sorry, I so I got the tri- subway down. Met some mates of mine who are actual Celtic fans. I was just there because I found out you get a pint of the eight in the morning. <laughs> I was like, we're we going football, is there? Who's on? Um, <laughs> Yeah, we get down. The place was absolutely hopping, and there was Celtic and Rangers fans in together because they just wanted somewhere to watch the match. It was yeah. class. And then they fought when they got outside. That's really nice. <laughs> no, but actually, uh, there was no fight in them. I think it was like one of those ones where Celtic beat them like 4 0. It was like 2015. So I'm yeah. guessing it was maybe a cup game or something. Yeah, could have been something like that. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, wait, Toronto you were in? Yeah, so 2015 yeah. or 2016 was. Yeah, but I was I basically went because obviously my love of Scottish football is nil. 
So I was like, "Aye, they're drinking at seven in the morning. Let's go." Let's see this. Um, also, Great. did you see the? Did you see the? I'll send it to you later on. But have you seen the video of the, the wee guy who changed the fifty-five to one outside Ibrox? Yeah, I saw that, and I didn't know it was real. But I've just how is so he not dead? I, like I'm, I'm. It's not kind of like uh, the guy taking the selfie with the corpse of Diego Maradona level of yeah. he should be dead. But uh, I'm not saying that he should be dead. I'm saying that you know. If you do that in Argentina, you're going to die kind of thing. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, balls the fucking size of boulders. Like, it's kind of like, yeah. it reminds me of the time those people were doing works at Stormont and took down the Union Jack and put up the trickler. Well, do you yeah. not remember this? No, I was obviously yeah. out of the country when this happened. That's yeah, they were, they were doing work. Fuck. Yeah, they were doing work in the Stormont roof. And, you know, the way they're, at the time, there was a European flag and... Um, uh union jack and northern irish flag and stuff like that they took the uh union jack down and put up the irish flag <laughs> asking for a fucking ride true but oh, technically it didn't hurt anybody so i'm all behind it <laughs> yeah fair enough I'll, I'll, um, I'll tell you a story off about when a flag really hurt somebody oh <laughs> can't wait oh, to hear damn. this one after i get three out of three of my questions let's do this fucking shit Absolutely. Uh, do you know what? I know. I know you're Dan. That's the question because you've got like a couple of. Have you got? You got a? Was it a one out of three last go? Uh, last two goes. Oh, you were fucking fuming too. It was so fun. I know. All right. <laughs> okay. Uh, this week for you, I have a American football question, a football question, and as always, to test your knowledge, I've got a Gia question, which I yeah. suspect they might have asked you before. So I'm very paranoid about it. But if not, <laughs> I'll think of something else. Okay. American football first. Here okay. we go. Which NFL team reached four Super Bowls, winning none? Ooh. Four um, in a row. Sorry, I should make that easier. Four, four in, a row. in a row? Winning none. Oh, fuck. Hmm. Winning none. Stop Googling it. I'm not Googling it. Your camera turned off. Stop it. <laughs> Can you see me? No. You're that guy at the pub because with his phone on the table. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to the toilet, I swear. Uh, fuck it. I, I don't know, but I'm going to go with Baltimore Ravens. <gasps> Geographically incredibly close. It was the Buffalo Bills. Bastard. Uh, 1989, 1990, 1991, 1992. Four Super Bowl finals. Didn't win a single one. Poor old OJ Simpson. Um. I was really worried because you started and when you talked in story time, you started talking about the ESPN um, documentaries. There's one of them about the Buffalo oh, Bills. Yeah, I was like, oh, 30, fuck, 30. I've got this question written down. I bet he's seen it. Fuck. Uh, okay, guess the next one. Okay. Uh, football question. Okay. Uh, which British football team dissolved in 2012, returning to the top flight in 2017? British? Yeah. Oh, Wimbledon. No. Do you want one more guess? Okay. Which British football team dissolved in 2012, returned to their top flight in 2017? Did they win the league this year? I'm not. I've already given you a clue here. Come on. Rangers? No. Who? Who's Nuri? Oh, go go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking British. Nobody in Nuri says they're British. That is not true. There was a poster the other week that said Loyalist Newry will not accept the RC border and I laughed at it for a half an hour. I swear to fuck. They they could have just said, you know, Mervyn and Trevor, because that's the only fucking two of them. Like fuck. 
I I need to get this Gaelic one right, or I'm I'm gonna none for none. <laughs> I just thought, do you know what? I just thought about this earlier because I was reading up about like um, there's a wee documentary about Nuri's formation, which I'll send you to watch his homework, and it's very very good. Uh, produced by uh, two guys from home called Gareth McCullough and Ali McKenzie. But so the club folded in 2012 and had the player back up through the leagues. Didn't get put straight into the third division. Rangers, fucking see how you like it. Nuri had to do five promotions and is it four promotions in five years, I think it was. But uh, yeah, and then obviously reformed the club. So the fans bought the club, rescued it yet again. Rangers just didn't do that. Exactly. And uh, yeah, Nuri AFC because uh, they got to keep the showgrounds but weren't allowed to keep the name of the club. So <laughs> Nuri Town became Nuri AFC. Bastards. But was, yeah, so went back, returned to the top flight for one year in 2017 and then were relegated after 2018 season. Doesn't matter. We'll not talk about that. All right. Last question. You ready? All right. I, uh, I'm so suspicious. I've either asked you this or I've done it in like a pub quiz that I hosted for the football team. Mm-hmm. All right. How many counties contest the senior All-Ireland Football Championship? 33. Correct. Yes! Celebrating. I, I can I tell think, you. I, I can have I, have I asked you this before? No. Do you know Do you know what the kicker is? Why there's 33? London. And also? Uh, New York. Yeah. But uh, football, did you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, London, New York. So that would make up for Kilkenny not having a football team. Yeah, you, can you read my page from here? What the fuck? That was I my like, fact of the day. <laughs> Look at that. I ah. think that was generally the hardest question, and you knew it. Bang on. Well done, sir. You've been doing your reading. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, we we also got a wee shout out from the Safcast as well this week. Did we? We did indeed. Well, that's very cool. Yeah. Well, was it a good thing? <laughs> oh, it was. It's like uh, you've listened to, uh, it's like a recommendation they got. Uh, you've listened to Injury Time. You may also like, and I think it was like the football talk show or something like that. And I was like, those those bastards don't know good quality podcasting if it bit them in the hole. Um, Fair enough. Because uh, they get paid for it and we do it for the love of it. That's cool. I'm glad we got a shout out from the Southcast. Hopefully they didn't remember the fact that when I was in charge of the East Belfast Twitter account for one night, uh, I I did a joke about Antrim and got a complaint from the Antrim PRO with the public Aww. relations officer because <laughs> he had no fucking sense of humor. So anyway, uh, what happened was basically it was the day that Antrim got absolutely hammered in, I think it was a league game. And uh, I put up a joke about it. I was like, you know, we're covering Division 2 now. I was like, Antrim fans turn off, Division 4 will be on soon and you don't want reminded about what happened today. And he messaged the page being like, oh, you know, we're all gales. You shouldn't be, you know, uh, enjoying someone else's defeat. And so the PRO from the club who had then taken the controls of the, the Twitter back off me was like, oh, yeah, the guy said this. And I said, message him back and say, if Antrim were as defensive as him, they wouldn't have got beaten that badly. So... Um, <laughs> We're, we have just been on follow by the Safcast. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully they get on. But yeah, that, that's a fun story. Yeah, dude, one out of three. So you've no, no, nobody got brushed yet. We're doing okay between the two of us. Like, so. Yeah. The first you, I'm not even keeping track of the scores anymore. Yeah. I'm just really enjoying the questions at the end yeah, of the episodes. At, at this point, yeah. Um, we should get it. The first person to get a wooden spoon has to get a Fulham tattoo. Uh, <laughs> Just go get a fucking Fulham tattoo. <laughs> With that, uh, I would like to. I don't want to thank Rona again because she did no research for this episode again. We're gonna have really, to start giving her a job to do. Like, yeah. I know she's uh, she's really like uh, just she's she's not you know pulling her wit. 
To be fair, have we asked her to do anything lately? No, we haven't. Well, be... let's not be an oh, 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 no. Uh, she told me uh, some information about last week's story time with Jim Thorpe. So, um, Jim Thorpe has a town in, uh, I think it's uh, Wisconsin named after him. Okay. Which is very weird because, um, you know, he was from where Oklahoma is now. Very strange. Yeah, what a weird. Maybe he played there, did he? Yeah, I, I don't think. Well, Hamilton, so I think that's kind of near the border. Yeah, that doesn't feel like it's as close as it should be. Yeah, uh, it's probably several <laughs> thousand miles away. Uh, but also, the day he was going to compete for the uh, gold medals that he won, um, someone stole his shoes. Uh, he was able to locate two shoes, two odd shoes, may I ask? Or may I add? Even um, so, two odd shoes. He had to then uh, on one foot wear like an extra couple of pairs of socks to make sure that you know they wouldn't fall off. Now, is this true? A hundred percent true. Uh, <laughs> he went on to win two gold medals that day. Uh, oh. Maybe I mean we know he won, but maybe if he had had his own shoes, he might have broke records. That's I mental. know, right? I mean, like you saying who? Um, so okay. with, thank uh, you for the that, research on that one, Rona. We, yeah, we take back, back our no thanks. <laughs> without being asked whatsoever, she came up with two really good bits of information that would have been great for the podcast. Uh, so I would like to thank Johnny Bow for his continued. Uh, in fact, he hasn't done anything for a while either. So, uh, son of a bitch. Yeah, motherfucker. We haven't asked him either, though. To be fair, but uh, that son of a bitch. Um, I would also like to thank uh, Darren Matthews for. Um, uh, sitting in silence while I went to the toilet halfway through the recording uh, <laughs> or did you you could have just been like slobbering about me the whole time no I considered it but then I remembered it was still recording so oh, I okay. forgot to turn my mic off to be like fucking fuck motherfucker <laughs> cook your yeah. food properly and you won't have to throw up all the time um, uh, I would like to thank myself um, today for being inspired by seeing a walrus off the coast of Kerry uh, well, seeing a photo of a walrus off the coast of Kerry. Uh, yeah. And uh, I'd like to thank you for listening. I've been Joan Robinson. I've been Darren Matthews. Perfect. Let's end this bitch. Mm-hmm.